Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening. I have only done one sensible thing in my life, to cultivate the ground. He who tills a field renders a better service to mankind than all the scribblers in the whole of Europe. When you start to feel that tingle down your spine When these wheels start to spin there ain't no place I would rather be right now When our journey's bound to begin All your doubts and hesitations right you're back at 3cr listening to the arabud radio show streaming podcasting listening on that wonderful transistor in the kitchen we've got a big show coming up but first off many thanks to amy goodman democracy now and the quarantine report a lot happening in melbourne at the moment as you know we're all under lockdown but we've just increased our social bubbles by a hundred percent which is good news for people living alone Maybe not so good news for people who want to get away from the people that have been living alone. Kenneth Clark, a English art historian, made one of the first wonderful TV shows called Civilization. And in what's one of his great quotes was, "Sometimes, a lot of the times, civilization is hard to qualify, but barbarism you recognise." immediately. Over the last six weeks, and especially over the last weekend, my local park, Burnley, I'm sure you've heard me talk about before, has had a Rio Tinto-style land management program running through my park, courtesy of a couple of, actually a large group of young teenage men. Flora, about six weeks ago, the council put in about 350, 400 new seedlings in this area. All gone. All gone. There's an old tree next to the corroboree tree. I hate that word. 
probably a meeting place tree or a boundary between two clans. It's on every Victorian Indigenous register. This track, these jumps, this willful destruction of what the council calls an environmentally sensitive order is correctly right next to this tree, their performance. But next to that old tree is another old tree where it's been dead for a long time, so it's hollow. There's been a beehive, and quite a large beehive in there for 17 years. All gone in a day with a little bit of newspaper and fire. Anyway, I had an awful experience with these um, young men during the weekend and two adults over the thing. It's an ongoing issue with my local council. There's always some good news up on this. Um, at one stage during this horrible rant that this, uh, one of the supervising adults uh, was in my face about was that he called me a communist gardener. And I've got to say, you might get silver linings on your cloud, but on Sunday afternoon, I got a gold, a rolled gold cloud lining. So I've taken on the I have taken on the communist gardener sign. Within two days, I've already got an Instagram program. The council here will hold, will slow it all down. I bet you they do not prosecute any of these uh, boys. I have good notes on all these people from the colour of their helmets. Of course, you know, I've been involved in bikes. I can recognise every helmet and every type of bike that you can ride into a shop. Anyway, that's my bike moment. There was a, there was a silver or roll gold lining to it. Faith, good morning. Good morning, Val. How are you being? Good. How's lockdown? It's, yeah, it's still here. Still here? <laughs> I'm, I'm bit, you've moved. Um, you've... I'm a bit jealous of Georgia. Uh, yeah, I'm in Sydney. And bike moment, Faith? I guess my bike moment is I finally succumbed and have been using Swift on my vintage steel bike, on my vintage steel trainer. <laughs> <laughs> so... Getting all the queen of the mountains at the moment because I can't go up hills. <laughs> or I would have to jump off the trainer and change the resistance manually and I just can't be bothered. Texting my son and husband to come and change it for me has proven to be a failure of a strategy. So I'm just burning along on the flat. Like the original Tour de France, you're just riding in fixed wheel all the time. You've got to climb a mountain, you've got to get off and turn it round. <laughs> and I, I have had a bike moment yesterday. I overtook Kathy Watt on Swift. And I, I don't know wow. that it was the Olympian, but I reckon it was. <laughs> Georgia, you want to go or do you want me to go? You've yeah, got a bike I have a bike moment. Yeah, I do. Um, I went on a road ride the other day and um, I was sort of chasing the darkness, actually. I was trying to get home before the dark because I didn't bring my lights and I wasn't going to make it. So I ended up calling my mum and then sort of spent way more time than it would have taken me to just ride my fastest home, just trying to find each other on uh, the Pacific Highway. It was very funny. Um, and then we just got stuck in traffic. So it was a bit of a disaster at the end of the ride, but I thought it was, it was cute. 
<laughs> uh, bike moments. I look at it, I had a very, I've got a, a little bit of a collector of old bikes. I ride them all, Georgia. So I've got a lovely old uh, Rally 20, one of uh, uh, Sheldon Brown's lovely bikes. And it's still in the original paint job. The two teenage boys across the road. Um, who, you know, <laughs> I'm slowly introducing them how to change external bottom brackets, which is good. Mm -hmm. So anyway, one of them said, oh, God, I like the way that, you know, the old paintwork seems to give it some sort of character. You're one of the few people that have ever said that. Most people said, strip it and get it painted. But here's a 16 year old kid said, I love the patina on the thing, the way that there's little spots of rust through it, things like that. It was a reinforcing bike moment. <laughs> and just as soon as you brought up Kathy Watt, I'm riding along the bike track next to the shrine with uh, one of my daughters. Uh, when I can hear a bit of chatter behind me. I think this is this is after the gold medal performance in Barcelona. And I turn around and there is Cathy and her training partner. Nano mm. and I stepped up the pace and we blew them away. Nano oh, would have no. been about 12 or 13. Oh, no, a bit older, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're being Sansui or St Kilda, that man with rubber pedals will be here by your side. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of news, they've nearly finished the Elizabeth Street separated bike lane in uh, Richmond, yeah. uh, which now goes all the way from uh, Church Street up to that edge of, uh, uh, where did it stop before it, uh, Punt Road? Yeah. So yeah. this is a separated bike line on the inside, parking, then the road. And um, yeah. after an effort by some people to get the trial stopped, council, the yeah. council voted Tuesday night to keep the trial going for the full 12 months. Yeah. And also with the Park Street lane. So that's good. Yep. There seems to be a bit of movement in Melbourne City Council as far as... Um, using this um, occasion to start widening footpaths and start taking plate, start room off cars and make it more pedestrian and cycling frenzy. It's quite interesting. You can see very strong community suggestions in a lot of different medias about, no, this is an opportunity to really remake our city and to, you know, to bring these things in. And they're really, they're good. They're working on all the pop-up stuff. All these things are coming into it. Faith, I read somebody's letter to somewhere the other day. It was um, Janet Savakam, exactly the same. Let's just all bring in the plan to boxes and shut it down. So it does sound wonderful to see those ideas still, you know, starting to really catch weight there. Yeah, well, they're, they're moving. The program they plan to do over the next four years, they're doing this year yep. and in November they're starting on the separated bike lane on Peel Street uh, and then there'll be improvements to Haymarket which is the roundabout of death that's a good <laughs> no usually called the circle of death, the circle <laughs> of death. Um, and then eventually phase two all the way up Royal Parade to right. yeah. so that's yeah lots of good stuff to look forward to Get on that bicycle and ride 
3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop into the underground car park. Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies or along the ocean side And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on 3CR 855. Back with Val and Faith talking to Georgia. Now, cycling has many sex or cults. Georgia is somebody who's actually dabbled in a lot of them. So we get from rough riding to making a living out of riding a bike or being in the bike scene. Uh, great to have you on board, Georgia. How are you? I'm very well, actually. Thank you very much for asking. All good. We've, we've got a check down here. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your first bicycle memory. Oh, um... I remember um, the first time I was riding a bike with my brother, who we're quite close in age, um, and we spent a lot of time together when we were younger. I remember um, getting our first bikes one Christmas and just riding them around and around the house sort of all day on Christmas Day. That was probably the first memory I have, but that was actually kind of old, so <laughs> must have been like... 12 and I had been riding bikes well before then. I've just got a really bad memory. So. No, 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 it's a good memory. It's the one you've got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell me, off-road gives you a clear head? Yeah, certainly. Um, I have got a pretty busy mind and um, I think it's always without fail when I'm on my bike it sort of really cleans things up without much effort so um, I've always thought that that was probably what drew me to the bike the most is just the peacefulness it's I'm not a very good meditator so it's like a form of meditation and it really just quietens the mind or makes um, my thoughts a lot more easier to sort of decipher. You're, you're based in Sydney but I see you down towards the mountains quite a bit on your bike is is that a favorite place to ride definitely i'm a bit of a an alpine freak um i've always thought that um like upper alpine um like fauna and flora and the air and the way that the sun hits it's definitely always been my favorite so i do travel down there quite a lot um yeah well i mean it we reopened, New South Wales opened back in June and, and ever since I have been travelling down south there quite a bit. Um, I think just the cooler air, I like the cold. Yeah. And yeah. you're organising a gravel ride for November that some of us are hoping we'll be allowed to get up to. So maybe um, we should talk about the idea behind that what inspires you to do that? Because I, I guess, you know, there's quite a few gravel rides on at the moment. So what's, what's different about this one? And uh, what are you hoping to achieve with it? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I guess the idea really has been, so 
I guess the idea started about um, a year ago. Uh, I started writing for um, a gravel team in the US and actually I sort of have neglected the Australian cycling scene for much of my cycling career, um, I'm sad to say. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in the US and uh, as my sort of cycling evolves, I've gone and gravitated to a lot of the gravel events that they have over there which are just so much fun and it's relaxed. It's like starting, I think it's still at, um, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's, it seems like it's still evolving as a sport, the gravel racing. And so we, there's an opportunity to um, create something that is um, fresh for the industry and create like more involvement from different types of bike riders, um and it doesn't have to be i mean elitist like some um of the categories of cycling i think we can if we grab a hold of it we can sort of make it how we want it to look and um i definitely saw that happening in the states and now that this year i've obviously spent a lot less time in the states um so i thought that it could be a good opportunity to throw something on down here and from my understanding, a lot of what the gravel events are down here, at least in New South Wales, the ones that I've attended, um, I think that they could be uh, boosted up with a bit more colour and flair and a little bit more fun and vibrancy. So um, I'm just trying to bring what I love about cycling, which is just the creativity and the, the sheer fun of it and try to create an event around that that just has just like prioritizing joy <laughs> it's not so much i mean it is a difficult event it's going to be a 200 kilometer uh gravel ride there's smaller routes as well um that are just as gorgeous um but the idea of pushing yourself uh in that way i've always really loved so really this event's just like an extension of my personality basically it's going to be a lot of color a lot of fun a lot of creativity it's really just like prioritizing joy, but it also is going to be ugly and you might cry. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. It's, I think I saw um, a while ago, a mock-up of what would be the poster for the event. And, and I, I think it really works well to capture that. Yes. It's a, a serious gravel ride that will challenge you, but we don't have to take ourselves too seriously about it. Like, um yeah that's i thought definitely oh thank you so much i'm so glad to hear that actually because um that is definitely what i was trying to go for if anybody hasn't seen the sort of flyer or the photograph um you can see it it is on my instagram and on the website and stuff but uh yeah i feel like it was some of my best work <laughs> well, we'll we'll definitely be putting a link up to the event and your instagram cool. with the podcast cool. but um yeah, so I guess there's been a lot of inspiration from the WTF bike explorers in the States and that seems to be coming through with this ride as well. Do you want to talk maybe a bit about WTF and, and how what you're bringing to this event? Yeah, certainly. Um, I guess my, my history with WTF and like the plight of creating more inclusive spaces is pretty fresh if I'm going to be honest. Um, I have always um, been, you know, sensitive and inclusive as a person, like, of course, that's not a question. 
Um, and if anybody has like needed help or wants support or advice, without question, give them what they need. But in terms of sort of like being at the forefront of trying to make change in the industry, it really wasn't my slice. And um, it wasn't somewhere that I thought that I was best placed. But having um, seeing what the effects are of giving people the amount of support that they need in order to do something just really changed my attitude about it. And I also think that if you're not giving energy into that space, then I think it's a real shame. So um, because it really just creates an, an amazing, um, diverse, interesting, creative industry, the more um, of the diverse sort of like scene that we get, I just think that it's so much more interesting than what we can see in the past, I think. Um, and for that future, I'm sort of like, I'm gagging for, like I'm really, I'm here for it. So I think that my goal with the event, which is to get like 50-50 diversity um, and to, to try to support anybody that has a few barriers, whether it's bicycle barriers or financial barriers, um, just throwing money at them just to make sure that they, they aren't not coming because of that. Um, so that's the things that I'm trying to do with the event, but I am also trying to make it look easy and not be, um, not making a point of it, just saying that this is just what we do now. Like if you, to set a standard for, for gravel events in the future, for organizers to just see that we are just having way more fun than they are. And so they want to incorporate what we do um, in their next events and just to make it like a natural thing. So um, there was, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but when the, the, the energy was being directed to women to get them more into cycling, I always felt like um, we were put at the children's table, you know, like to say like, you can do this. Like, you can, I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Dad. Go away. Like, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> um, and so very patronizing sort of. It's very patronizing. So I, in my, in my styling, I'm trying not to replicate that energy. And I just, you know, if you need help, yeah, you've got it. No worries. Um, but I'm not making a point and not putting anybody on a pedestal. It's like, yeah, we'll get you here and yeah. we'll make that happen. Um, and just for it to be really natural and normal. And um, yeah, that, that's my goal. Um, so the WTF bike explorers are much more intentional than, than I am. And I am on their gravel team and, love being a part of their gravel team and it is managed by Sarah Swallow who um is um just a powerhouse over in the US and she is definitely more of like an activist style um of cyclist professional cyclist um so I mean I look up to her a lot and I love to follow her footsteps I think everything that she says and does is you know, absolute gold. So um, I've probably been influenced a lot by how she manages her scene and wanting probably a little to be a part of that as well. And, um, but the more involvement I have had with the WTF bike explorers and the, the movement there, I realized that there, there is a very real reason that people are asking for this. So just want to be um, on the right, like, just want to help. Help people. <laughs> I've benefited so much from riding my bike. And if somebody feels like they 
find it difficult to access the same opportunities that I've had, then absolutely, I will give you a hand because life's good up here. <laughs> Georgia, I've got to say, I've written down um, prioritising joy. That's a lovely phrase. Yeah. I like it very much. The other thing which I find interesting, when people sort of try to force joyfulness on something, it always fails. Joyfulness is something that is spontaneously and arises. You can set the right tone or the right area or the right place for you to approach this. And riding a bike is like sometimes, you know, that puts you in that zone straight away. And the more you look for that joy, it won't come to you. And if you force joy on something, you're acting in a bit of bad faith, I think, sometimes at a real level. Yeah, I mean, that sounds absolutely accurate. Um... I hope to just create an environment where joy is more uh, available if it is going to come to you. It's just yeah. going to be the right place. <laughs> yeah. Discover it. Make that discovery. Yeah. So um, the ride is on towards the end of November? Mm -hmm. It is on the 21st. The actual ride is on the 21st of November. Um, but we have a plot of land that is, um, it's a travelling stock reserve that's on the Murrumbidgee and uh, just where, where if stock is travelling through, um, people can place their stock there. So we're actually renting it for the weekend. So there's going to be camping involved and food, which um, is going to be like you know, vegan, gluten-free, so we can cater for everybody. Um, and it's going to be, yeah, I think just a really pleasant place to relax. And um, just we've had a really difficult year, obviously, we don't have to um, acknowledge that, we all know. So it's really just a bit of a vacay, come and have a bit of a vacay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if people want to find out more about the ride, it, there is um, plenty of information. Um, it's been thrown together pretty quickly. So um, my, there is plenty of information on my website, which is jambijambi.com. Um, and all the events, as much as we have the information, it's going to be up there. Um, but I'm still filling it out as we go. The registration opened 1st of September. So we are seven day, 17 days into it um, as we're having this interview. But we're at 70% capacity. We've actually sold out of the sort of male category. Um, so now we are just making sure that we are reaching as many um, of the other categories as possible. And then we'll reopen um, the tickets for everybody if there's any left or if there's people that had to pull out because of border closures and things like that. So all the information is, is on my website. Thank you very much, Georgia. It's been wonderful, actually. I really love it appreciate the idea of people actually getting that idea if you strip away all the bullshit out of this and go back to the essentials that is where the joyfulness comes from it just does
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.